Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nonny Podcast. A day lo- later than usual, but hopefully it'll be worth the wait. And, and if it makes anyone who was waiting for it feel any better, it's entirely my fault that we're late, as, as I was in Spain yesterday. No, no, no sympathy? Uh, okay, fair enough. I'm John Phipps, as always, and after last week's different show, I'm delighted to say that back on the line with me now is Matt Gerrard. Matt, long time no speak, how are you? Not bad, I'm still winning up after the... The lovely words you said to me, John, last week. I don't think I've had those words like that since I was at kindergarten that people were saying, coming to me. So it was very nice of you to, um, well, technically blow smoke up my backside. So, but I'll take that all day long. So uh, and I hope you had a good time in Spain. It was quite strange that I did record the pod, but I sort of did a five-minute rant about the problems of the day with the nine and eight. But uh, again, good numbers, John, on that pod. So if you look at the numbers, maybe going solo is the way forward. I feel like Robbie Williams leaving take that then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, I, I always thought I looked a bit like Gary Barlow, but then everybody sort of said I didn't. So uh, um, I'll take that with you. My wife, funnily enough, booked tickets. I'm not going to watch Take That, but apparently, on the radio, basically, they're just making money because it's how they do these things. All their old cl- songs, they're rejigging them. So, uh, so I want you back. I want you back for good. Could be like, I want you back. I want you back. So like that, you know, rehashing it. Basically, money for old rope. Let's take that. So she's going to see him in May, I think it is. Yeah, but, fantastic um, supporting as well, which very uh, excited my other half as well, because she was a big fan of Take That, more particularly a fan of Robbie, um, but she's really into Rick Astley. I think, I think if Rick Astley were to knock on the front door and, and ask if she was about, I'd be in trouble. Uh, well, to be honest, I, I, again... I, I'm more of a not more of a boy's own fan. That sounds really strange, isn't it? I always think I've got my singing style, which is not very good. Is always more Ronan Keating. So um, on that sort of, I've got a good warble uh, from that. But yeah, take that. So um, yeah, Robbie Williams. Oh, yeah, he's, he's lost their plot a bit, really. I don't. I don't watch X Factor. As you know, you mentioned last week about watching Big Brother, didn't you? Yep. Jeez, you need to. Well, he's got on television in a minute, but come on, John. That is circa 2003. Big Brother, not that on the head. This series has actually been really good, what I've seen of it. Not that I've seen a lot of it the last week, because obviously I've been in Spain and I don't exactly uh, plan my time and I'm away on holiday around watching the TV. But it's actually quite interesting. There's some interesting people in there. I'm quite enjoying it, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say, say it, Matt. I'm quite enjoying this series of Big Brother. Oh, well, I'm disappointed you must be living in a 20-year-old's body, because I can't believe anybody else watched it, and I take it. You're probably, if you went in there, you'd be about 10 years older than anybody else who's actually in the house, would you? That's a good point. I, I always thought if I went in there, I'd be just very, very straight talking and I wouldn't be, wouldn't be pushy foot around people. If I didn't like them, I'd let them know. And I think that's uh, that's pretty much something that, 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 that I do in real life anyway. Nasty John Phipps, like the Nick Bateman. See, I used to watch it back in the day when it, when it was good. So, uh, there you go. Excellent. Um, it's our 51st episode this week, and as usual, I've, I've done a quick Wikipedia search to find out some interesting facts, and apparently if you want to dial Peru, that's the dialing code, so if you want to get hold of Norberto Solano, um, start with a 5-1. And apparently, well, Paddington, more importantly, Paddington I'd probably want to speak to, because that's a couple of cracking films if you've seen Paddington, there you go. And uh, well, I haven't got kids, so I don't watch that, and funny enough, talking about children's films... <laughs> Um, it was also apparently the number of Doc Hudson in the film Cars, which, which I've never seen either. No, I, no, I've never seen the Cars one because, as I've got girls, they weren't really interested in in that. And uh, yeah, so I've never seen the Cars one, but that's they're quite popular films. I think the Cars ones. Talking about telly, I know you, um, a couple of programs we can mention. I know you were a bodyguard. I was a little bit disappointed. It wasn't the 
as good as uh, the, the other one, that jet, the, the line of fire, that one, the police one. Line which of was duty. brilliant. Line of duty, yeah. I don't think Bodyguard was that good. I wouldn't have people raving about it. The final episode was good, but I thought up to that wasn't good. But it, I can see the hype, but not, not a patch on his previous work. That's probably people say about his pod every week. <laughs> uh, certainly, I'm sure they were saying that about last week's, which was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you never know. But are you watching Killing Eve, though? No, I'm you not. I've, I've heard some... You need about... to get into that. That's the next big one. Okay. And well... it's got Martin from the first two series of The Bridge. And everybody knows, if they listen to this pod, how much I love The Bridge. So, very good programme. It's on, it's on the iPlayer. We'll uh, advertise the BBC. You can watch the whole complete series and... I think we're up to episode three or four. There's eight of them. So, but it's on a Saturday night. You'll probably out raving on a Saturday night. I'm normally tucked up in bed at that time, John. So, but definitely get into Killing Eve. You you won't regret it. Okay, oh, I'm a big. I'm quite a big fan of the of the actress. Actually, Jodie Comer is it? I've seen her in a couple of things. I think she's she's very good, very talented, and um, yeah, I, I certainly. Well, so, but the problem is that I've got so much on my 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 planner. On from uh, Virgin, other providers are available. It's eighty four percent full. I don't. I genuinely haven't got time in my life to watch any more things than I'm already watching. And and you know, it's it's, it's all sorts of bother, mate. It needs to be exceptional to be dragging me in at the moment. Well, Tony Cromer, she will become a superstar out of this program. It's probably sixty five percent of them are Big Brother, mate. That's probably on twenty four seven on some obscure channel. So, um, should we talk about football? Yeah, I, I, people might say, um, uh, and of course we'll talk about, as I turn on my computer, Google is 20 years old today, so gone are the days when my dad asked me a question and I had to get the uh, Joy of Knowledge Encyclopedia, which we had about 15 different box uh, books that go to A to B and things like that. So what would we do without Google, eh? But hey, this, web, this podcast wouldn't last very long because after the time I'm typing stuff in it. Well, it, that is very true. Um, also, it's a thing I heard yesterday. I was listening to the, to the radio on my way home from uh, the airport late last night. And there was an advert on saying that apparently there's a course where for just 20 minutes a day for a month, they can teach you how to make a podcast. Um, it took me about half an hour to work out how to do this once. Uh, I don't understand what, what would take so long. Oh, right, there you go. Well, there does seem to be podcasts popping out everywhere these days so we need to think of we've got the non-league podcast there's probably I don't know podcast on Big Brother there must be a podcast on Big Brother John I'm, I'm sure I'm, there look, is I'm mentioning Big Brother a bit too much today aren't I really yeah you'll be tuning in tonight I'm sure um, I suppose lesson one in the uh, in the in the podcast lesson is get yourself a good co-host and that's certainly something we did um, coming up on today's show we've got three interviews for you with managers whose side seem to have decided that defending wasn't for them for at least part of the week and we'll start with one of them. Uh, all three of these interviews carried out by Matt, actually, which uh, was was a very nice surprise. I thought he was going to try one. Check my emails. I had three interviews waiting for me. So we'll start with Ramsgate boss Lloyd Blackman, who cited the best result of any of our teams in the FA Cup on Saturday as they caused an upset by beating Gosport Borough, but then had a 4-2 lead slip on Tuesday night to lose 5-4 at home to Herne Bay. So here's Lloyd Blackman. Yeah, I've got Lloyd Blackman, the uh, Ramsgate manager, um, on the phone with us. First of all, Lloyd, we'll talk about the uh, Saturday in the FA Cup. Um, what a fantastic result down at Gosport. It was a fantastic result. The boys did, um, the boys did absolutely marvellous. Uh, I don't think, if, if you'd have looked over the full 90 minutes, uh, and if you were a neutral watching from the stands, then you would have thought that we were the side that were the league above, to be perfectly honest. Um, 
we really did perform well. Our intensity was great. Uh, tactically, we executed everything that we was after, and uh, no, no one was more pleased pleased to see uh, to see the lads you know, progress into the next round. It was uh, it was a marvellous day. Did you, did you know much, too much about them? I suppose you, you, you did your homework on them. Yes, I hadn't, I hadn't seen them myself personally, but um, two other scouts had. Um, two of two, you know, two scouts that that, uh, that that we work with had been over there and see them. I'd obviously spoken to a few people, um, and fortunately, as I said, you know, we we got some detailed reports back and was able to sift through it and work to what we felt was going to be our advantage and, and nullify their strengths. And to be honest. Um, it did work quite. It did work well for us, and the two goals that we scored from from areas to pitch were the areas that we that we that we um, that we had. What's the word I'm trying to find here? Basically, the, the areas of the pitch we felt were their weakest, and then we was able to exploit that. When you look, when I looked at the draw before, and I thought, well, it wasn't the greatest draw in the world, but you've done there, and they've got some experienced players. So, what yeah. you know, what confidence does that give your young side as well? First five minutes into the game, I was sitting there very, very comfortable, knowing that once the players had identified that that they were able to, that they were probably, you know, in, able to play better, play better than the opposite team. Really, that they they identified that, and they grew in confidence after five minutes. And that was that was the turning point for me when I was sitting there watching as a coach to say, I to know my players now know that ah, they're, although they're a league above. They were able to, um, you know, they were they were able to stand toe to toe with them, um, and then over the period of, of the ninety minutes, look the stronger side. So really, for a young team like ours, um, the confidence grew within the first five minutes of the game, and, and, and they were able to able to take that on board and able to be stronger because of it. And, and um, as, as you say, you know, the result was fully justified. The, looking at the draw in the next round, you've got Hemel away again. Yeah. I suppose it disappointed you're not at home, and Hemel there's two levels above you. What do you know about that? I think they've ch- recently changed the manager, or the manager's gone to Billericay, isn't it? Yeah, I believe that's so. Yeah, I believe, um, I believe that, you know, I'm not quite sure if they've actually got a, full, uh, a permanent manager at the moment. I'm not quite sure. I know that the, the chap moved over to, to Billericay. Um, again, we'll get them watched the best we can do. There's no easy draws left in this tie now. I mean, we're Cup, you know, for clubs at our level, the absolute key is the money situation, and they've improved the money this year. I think you've banked eighteen thousand pounds, which is for Ramsgate, right. a hell of a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So I, I think they, the idea was to to help lower league sides, or to filter the money through down into teams of our level. Um, and for us, that's that's huge. We can't deny that fact. It's, it's you know eighteen thousand, or is it just under eighteen, or just over eighteen thousand? Um, to be for, for, for the club or the level that we 
are and the finances that we have, you know, that's a huge amount of money for us. And, um, that obviously is, is is great. It's what the FA Cup now is, as we say, is, is set up for to be able to help lower league clubs. And um, um, you know, we're fortunate that we've been able to, to tie, a, tie a little run together. And and who knows? Hopefully, it continues, and we can earn an extra few more quid for the club as well. Yeah, but also looking at last night when the highs and lows of football. You're four um, two up, and you managed to lose five four, and it sounds an yeah, absolute cracker against Herne Bay. Absolutely, it was. Um, so you go from being up there on the Saturday and the Sunday to being down there this morning. Um, that's football. That's what it does to you. I mean, we looked extremely leggy. Um, we, the longer the game went on, the more we could see ourselves sort of dwindling, and um, I think the euphoria of Saturday took it out of us a little bit, if that makes sense, yeah. not only on a physical level, but probably a mental and emotional level, on a psychological level, you know. Um, so that was that was disappointing. We had a good chat before the game and made sure that no complacency and then to be at half-time in a comfortable position for us, we just made silly mistakes. I believe that was probably down to lack of concentration, maybe a little bit of tiredness creeps in as well. But we've been on a decent run of form. Um, the the strength that we've shown, or mental strength that we've shown over the last month, six weeks, has got us into a good, you know, a strong position where we've only lost one in sort of previously to yesterday, one in seven, I believe it was. So, yeah, it's a to see us take a step back yesterday, but um, we'll be back into training to make sure that, um, you know, we put that right ready for Saturday against Sittingbourne. Yes, it's all that Sittingbourne away on Saturday. They, they started pretty well. Last season, they started pretty well and and fell, um, fell a little bit short at the end of it. What do you expect from that and another derby? Yeah, another derby. Um, they've obviously started They have started very, very well. I believe they drew to Ashford last night, so that's a decent result over Ashford's place. Um, I know the victory the other week against um, Guernsey as well is always a difficult place to travel. So they've started the season really, really well. Again, so we know a little bit about them. Obviously, they're not too far away from us geographically, so um, we know a few players sort of Spoke, spoke to uh, spoke to Atlanta quite a few times as well, but generally it's another Kent derby. Um, we want to be on the back of, or should we say, the back of the result yesterday is only going to go and galvanise us and make us stronger. That's the mentality that we we've got to adopt and make sure that we don't fall into the pitfalls of thinking that after a few decent results that we can um, we can take our foot off the pedal because, as I said, you quickly get brought down to earth as it proved 24 hours ago. So. We'll be making sure that uh, our, prepar- our preparation is the best it can be, um, and if we uh, and if we perform like I know we can do, then then we give ourselves a good chance of getting a result. I suppose you've got to tell the players, you know, forget about Hemel Hempstead, the most important game you're sitting board at the moment. Well, yeah, absolutely, and, and, and like I keep saying, that's exactly what happened last night. Whether or not it was a hangover from the FA Cup, um, that was exactly what we spoke about during all day when we was on the. It was on a group messaging system that we have to make sure that our mind was focused and ready for. And maybe, as I said, it was, it's, it's, you're, only, you're only as good as your next performance. And that's the bit for me. As I said, we've got in a week or two's time, there's, as, as I said, it's Hemel Hempstead on the 6th, I believe it is. Yeah. So it's going to come round, come, come round quick. So, as I said, players can't have their eye on that. They've got to be making sure that they stay in the now. And it's only our next result, our next performance. I think we've got another two league games now sandwiched in between that. So, a lot can change and happen, but from my point of view is, is that we'll forget about the FA Cup against Gosport. That result's well and gone. The one that's, that's firmly on my mind is that poor performance against Herne Bay in a commanding position that's left us vulnerable, you know, that we should have seen out the game and, and, and it's silly little errors and mistakes that 
I can't, I can't accept and, and won't allow. So I'll have to make sure that, um, as I said, that's on our, on the front of our mind rather than the euphoria of the gospel trip before to make sure we, we right our wrongs, so to speak. I don't think it's any secret, Matt, that I like Ramsgate. I like Lloyd Blackman. Um, and I, in some sort of perverse way, I, I think I'd like to have been there on Tuesday night to see that. What, what a game of football that must have been. Yeah, I, I found out both two five fours in the um, Bostick South East Division. So, yeah, I think he was pulling his hair out. And as he mentioned, there may be the exploits of the weekend, which is an unbelievable result. Came back to bite his side on the backside a little bit. But... They'll learn. They're young, and they'll they'll learn from this. But entertainment-wise, yeah, I think this season the Rams are one of the sides to watch. They've got some really good young players, and again, that, and yeah, I think he'll be disappointed. I, we did, I didn't think Ramsgate will be one of the sides at the top end of the table. But if they can cut, cut out the errors, always going to score goals defensively. They may need to work on a few things. Yeah, I think you, you say that the exertions in that FA Cup, and, and Lloyd says that as well. But we've got to talk more about that. That is a fantastic fantastic result at Gosport Borough. Not only people have given them a prayer away at a team and a, a, a league higher, a team who, let, let's not forget, have been as high as the National, National League South in the last few years. Um, and to go there and to win that game by three goals to two was absolutely fantastic for them, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't fancy them to, to get a result there. I think Craig McAllister, he's the manager there. Gosport went to the Wembley a few years ago, so a decent, a decent catchment of the players, but they've gone there. 3-1, holding on at the end a little bit, but what a what a fantastic result. Definitely the FA Cup result so far for one of our Kent sides. Just a little bit, I'm a felt-full. They deserved a home draw after getting that fantastic result. Because I know from that, and Hamill Hempstead away is going to be a, a tough one. But fair play to Ramsgate at £18,000. What that will do for that club is, is unbelievable. And fair play, we don't applaud the FA that much here. But opening the... Um, the coffers a little bit and giving more to little clubs makes it all worthwhile. And hopefully Ramsgate have got a good academy, good infrastructure, can invest that and then make the club even stronger. Yeah, and Hemel Hempstead, as was mentioned there, they have lost their manager. There is a little bit of uncertainty there. If you're ever going to play Hemel Hempstead away in the FA Cup, is this the time to play them? Yeah, Ramsgate got nothing to fear. He said, you two said in his interview there about Chelmsford, didn't they? They went there and I think it was a bit of a baptism of fire when they played them in the FA Cup. So that's some good FA Cup ties the last couple of years, Ramsgate. They go there, no fear. Uh, I think Lloyd Bankman, will, you know, he's an experienced player, who's played at the highest level with non-league football. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. But stranger things have happened. Fantastic achievement. You know, it's like getting them getting to the third qualifying round of the FA Cup you know, is like winning a competition for them. Because, you know, the, the extra money and the prestige they've got, it. fair play to them and... Can they do it? It's going to be tough, but we'll probably preview that next week. We may know, may know a little bit more about Hamilton Hempstead and what they're doing off the field. Well, exactly. Before we hear from another manager involved in the game that finished 5-4 this week, let's look at the rest of the FA Cup, where we had pretty low expectations, and unfortunately we were proven pretty right, as only Dartford and Welling joined the Rams in the next round. Both had to come from behind to progress as well, with the Darts having an almighty scare down at AFC Uckfield, where they were behind until the 81st minute before three goals saw them through, while Jack Jeb and Gavin McCallum were on target as the Wings eventually saw off Chesham United. As we already heard, the Rams were at Hemel Hempstead in the next round, the Darts travel to Oxford City and the Wings are also on the road as they will travel to Hereford, who won a thrilling replay at Truro 4-3. Um, oh, did they win, did they? Yeah. I saw it was 3-1 down. I was going to check that this morning. 
Uh, I don't really like Hereford. It's one of those clubs I don't like. So go on the wings. Well, I've just I've just sacked Peter Beadle, haven't they? Who's, who dragged him up? From, Peter Beadle, former Chillingham legend. Yeah, f- dragged him up from the lowest of the low, and they've just got yeah, yeah, him. So, so um, that, yeah, I, I, I've never been. I've been there a few times to the thing, and they're not the most friendliest of people. So it's a tough tie though for the wings. I thought you know they could probably beat you. I mean, three one down, oh four three. So. It was, um, Ooh, tough one there. Yeah, and they've got to go. Obviously, they've got to go to Hereford as well, which is yeah. which is not ideal. It's a long old way yeah. to go, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and the fans are right on top of the pitch, etc., like that. So, yeah, I was a show. When I saw the three one at half time that Truro were winning, I thought, oh, Steve King will be absolutely delighted that the winning manager. But that's that's a tough one. But he's been there. Knows he's got a good record in the FA Cup from his days at Macclesfield. So, yeah, I'm willing. He's got nothing to fear. I don't think. No, it was the end of the FA Cup road for Cray Valley PM, who went out 5-0 at Dartford's next opponents, Oxford. Uh, Irith lost at Haringey Borough. Tommy James were beaten at Dulwich, and Margate went down at Concord. At least they made it, though, as Phoenix Sports were removed from the competition ahead of their tight Hendon after playing an ineligible player in the previous round. A um, couple of teams kicked out of the Cup last week. Whiteleaf as well from the Bostick League. And it's so unfortunate to, to go out under those circumstances, but... It always kind of baffles me how those mistakes get made. I think it's again, it's all where you find out with certain um, players of different names in certain contexts. My theory, though, on this, it's harsh on the if, for example, uh, I don't know, I'll pick a club at random, um, uh, Shrewsbury, for example, if they field an energy player in round one, I would probably think the FA will be less tough on them, and they probably get you have to force the replay. It's just Seems tough on the non-league sides, probably because the games come round so thick and fast. It's probably easier to chuck them out rather than they rearrange the fixtures. So and it, I feel that the non-league sides are, you know, get them out pretty quick because of the fixtures. But more the the higher place sides, they probably get away with it and snap on the wrists. It's it is, and it is so complicated as well because you can, you know, some games cancel suspensions, other games don't. Certain times. Some suspensions are, are different from others, and, and it is very complicated. And I also remember this is going back many years. Reading a book by Gary Nelson, if you remember him, Matt. Yeah, yeah there's a couple of books. I've read a couple of his books. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And as, as a, when he was manager, I think it was left foot in the grave when he was the manager. That's it, yeah. And uh, he called one of his players in. I, I want to say it was Charlie Oakway, but I'm not 100 certain. And he called him into the dressing room to discuss where he was going to play on Saturday. And the, and the player's response was, "Well, it won't be me, Gaffer. I'm suspended." So I suppose it is. Quite easy to forget, isn't it? Well, and in the non-league, you've probably got. Well, from my point of view, I know with players that shouldn't be playing. I think from being a bit of a, a geek and studying these the things, and I'm sure. Love a spreadsheet. Love a spreadsheet. Um, so yeah, from that point of view, but you, you've got. If probably game the FA probably don't make it easier if they register players with names, and you've just haven't got a full-time check some of these clubs. You've got somebody doing it around his day job or around their her day job. Working it out. So I do feel sorry for these non-league sides. And again, you have to hand it. If you get through, you have to hand the money back as well. And as we mentioned earlier, how important that money is. Indeed. Um, so we've already heard about Ramsgate 4, Herne Bay 5. So let's now hear about Hythe Town 5, Faversham Town 4. With victorious manager Sam Denley, who also reflected on his side's weekend defeat at Cray Wanderers. It's, um, it's been an interesting week of football, that's for sure. Um, obviously, we had, yeah, we had the... The Hastings win on Saturday, which was a fantastic performance last week, and then go to home Bay and score six and, and, and keep a clean sheet was was good, and it was a very good performance uh, against them last week in, in the cup. And then, yeah, Saturday was disappointing. Another 
another very entertaining game, I'm sure, for the neutral and disappointing to, to lose that game, having scored three goals away from home. Um, and then obviously last night, again, uh, another five for find ourselves in the end of another nine-goal thriller. And thankfully, we come up on top this time. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the positive, you've scored eight goals in the last two games, but <laughs> negative, you've conceded eight as well. Yeah, look, it's certainly not how we want to play. You know, we, we don't want to be saying to teams, you know, if you score three, we score four to win games of football. Um, you know, that's not what, what I'm what we're about as a as a team, and um, and there's certainly things to work on from um, from a defensive perspective, and we'll work on those. But uh, listen, we're, yeah, we're creating a lot of chances, and we're playing some good football. But I think we certainly need to be looking at um, looking at ourselves defensively and and, and addressing that. Was, was he a bit nervy in the uh, final minutes against Faversham yesterday? It was, yeah, it was. It was a very, it's a very open game. Listen, I think teams this year are really having a go. There's a lot of teams that are just playing, playing free up top and getting the ball forward as quickly as they can, and it's making for, for good games of football. Um, you know, far too open for, for my liking yesterday. And um, like I said, it was a, a five, a, a five three. Then they get a penalty and make it five four with about two or three minutes to go. You're thinking, surely not. Um, but yeah, listen, for the neutral, I'm sure it was a great game of football. For the for myself, it wasn't, you know. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to be playing games like that. If I'm being honest, we need to be a lot more short up at the back um, and stop leaking goals like we are going forward. We're, we're a real threat, but um, defensively, we've got uh, we've got a lot of work to do. Do you, you mention about the teams going for it? What do you think? You know, the new division structure this year with the South East Division is it is it the same standard of league would you say or is it a little bit stronger or sides can feel a little bit more attacking as you say I think teams are just yeah a bit more attacking and having a go you know you don't we've had Haywood's Heath away and they they certainly got men behind the ball and that was a different game but apart from that we find that a lot of teams are just playing this free throw football and, and getting the ball forward as quickly as they can a lot of teams now play 4-3-3 three, three, and like I said they the idea is to get it forward to the front men and and go and join in, and I'm, I'm certainly finding that. Like I said, it, it probably makes for for a good league. Um, it's a very local league now, so there's a lot of derbies, uh, and all derbies football could be quite entertaining, which again is proving to be. You know, you had Herne Bay Ramsgate last night, another five four game. Yeah. So um, I just think that, like I said, it's a very local league now. Um, a lot of teams are having more of a go, and it, it probably makes for a good spectacle. But you know, from our point of view. Yeah, we don't want to get in, 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 in broad in that too much. We don't want to be involved in open game from one week to the next. We want to try and get our, our banks set up a certain way. Um, obviously, have our our quality going forward, but making sure that we're we're nice and tight. We've got our banks at the back, and you know we're hard to break down. One player you have got is Zach Ansar. Any news on him? I know he's been linked with clubs higher up the pyramid, but he's been on fantastic form for you early part of the season. Yeah, no news. Look, there's no news, and, and the news is that he's a Hive Town player, and. and I expect I expect that to be the case for the remainder of the season. Um, he's committed to us, so um, that's what we expect. He's enjoying his football. He's he's been outstanding. He's outstanding again last night. You know, he scored scored his goal. Could have had a few more. To be honest, <coughs> probably shows he's, he's actually human because he missed a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a great player. And he's a great lad. And he's, it's a pleasure to have, have him in the dressing room, and he's committed to Hive, and, and that's what I expect to remain the case for the remainder of the season. Uh, seven acts away on Saturday. They haven't started too well. Mickey Collins. I think he's been a bit surprised by the the jump up from the Kent League. What do you expect from them on their three G? It'd be a we played on the three G Saturday. Christ, it's, it's always different, you know. We playing it week in week out. It's obviously an advantage, but they're going to be a good side. There's, there's no easy games in this league. I know they've had a great start, but um, I'm sure it's going to be a difficult game. You know, I've had a report on them, and we know they've got quality in their ranks that can hurt us. So we've got to go there and make sure that we, um, you know, we continue to 
play the brand of football we've been playing, but obviously not leaking so many goals. But you know, we're work, we're training, we'll be in Thursday, we'll be working on things. Like I said, I think our attacking option certainly isn't an issue at the moment. We've scored plenty of goals, but uh, we just need to make sure we work on things defensively. And if we if we do that and we get it right on Saturday, then we're going to be a force for anyone. But we won't be taking seven much lightly. Yes, I know they've had a, maybe a quiet start and maybe found it hard to adapt to the, to the step up. But they're a good side. Mickey's been around the game a long time, and we know it'd be a difficult difficult game for us. Who'd be a manager, eh, Matt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good old Sam on that point of view. Cracking game against uh, Crow at the weekend. Probably thought you know they could get something out of that. Disappointed, but then come back scoring goals again you've got to work on defensively but not a bad aggregate he scored eight conceded eight in the last two games but yeah, I think this weekend when he goes to seven oaks you know, you know if we've taken one off the, the referee back side of the last minute just to get the, get the side back working again trying to get a clean sheet but, but you've got to love the um the Bostick Devonson, Devon Bostick South, because that is a league of goals any entertainment if you want to go and see football matches with a lot of goals go and see that division Oh yeah, you certainly can't argue with that. It's always been the case in, in the Bossit. I remember when I used to cover, um, as it was then, the Ryman North, the goals that were flying in in that league as well, they were just absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know why it is, but it's, it's always entertaining to go and see those games where there's plenty of goals. I mean, if you've gone to Ramsgate and, and Hyde, you probably paid about a pound a goal on, on Tuesday night. <laughs> probably, yeah, entertainment-wise, yeah. And you'll probably see some Zach scoring goals and Tavisham, yeah. I'm sure people like Clive Walker and uh, Ray Turner will be pulling their hair out as well. Probably the managers are looking at each other thinking, oh my goodness, that, you know, probably laughing at each other, what we're going to do with these terrible defending. But entertainment-wise, you can't miss it. Can't, can't miss it, really. Yeah, it would have been nice to have gone to one of those games on Cheating Night, but somehow being on the beach till about seven o'clock and then having a few beers was more appealing. I, I, I don't uh, understand true. why. Well, well, that's the life you lead, lead John. So there you go. I know. Um Cray lost their 100% record on Wednesday night when they were held 1-1 by Whiteleaf, but they are four points clear at the top. Uh, VCD are in third after their 2-1 win at Thamesmead on Wednesday as well. Elsewhere on Tuesday, Phoenix beat Greenwich 3-2. Ashford and Cityborne drew 1-1, and it was the same score that Belmont were a late, late goal at seven oaks appointing against Whitstall. Looking back at the weekend as well, Tom Loyne's brace and Cityborne a win at Guernsey on Sunday. Ashford drew 1-1 at Hayward Heath. Seven Oaks beat VCD. And Whitsville and Three Bridges drew 1-1. And I feel we've got to mention Chris Saunders of Whitsville Town here, Matt, um, who was sent off on Saturday and sent off on Tuesday. Probably not a week he's going to look back on too fondly. Yeah, I think they have different um, rules about players when they can play. So that's probably, if it's two reds, he could be missing about six games there on the spin, which probably, well, no, the right, the... The Ryman League probably means about you miss about two weekends like fitting in game so from that point of view so yeah, yeah probably not the, uh, the weekend he would have wanted so a bit of time on the sidelines for him to think about it yeah this weekend uh, Favisham meet Whitstall Phoenix go to Guernsey Seven Oaks host Hythe is sitting one against Ramsgate as we've already heard and VCD host Cray in the top of the table clash uh, Ashford United and Thamesmead are both in FA Trophy action as they face Hayward Heath and Didcot respectively in the extra preliminary round uh, while Ramsgate travel to Whiteleaf on Tuesday while on the same night Phoenix are at Horsham um, no games involving our teams in the Boston Premier Division on Saturday uh, but this weekend all three of our teams are at home uh, leaders Tunbridge against Bishop Stortford Folks and Invictor host Brighton Sea Region and Margate host Haringey Borough. Midweek games in that league too. It's quite straightforward. One on each night. Margate are at Carshalton on Monday. Folks and travel to AFC Hornchurch on Tuesday. And then Tunbridge are at Kingstonian on Wednesday night. 
Time then for our third interview of the show, which comes from the National League, where for a change this season, things actually went okay for three of our four teams on Tuesday night. Maidstone won for the second game in a row, Dover hit back to earn a point at Sutton, and in the big derby game, it was Bromley who were the victors, 2-1 at Ebbsfleet United. And Matt Quire with Neil Smith after that game. But before that, the hammering that Bromley suffered at Solihull Moors on Saturday was where the conversation started. Yeah, you know, we've had, the, obviously, the lowest that we've been um, in terms of um, character and um, energy to, you know, winning last night and uh, getting back to where we believe we should be. Talk us through Saturday. I was seeing the, you know, saw the goals come in and I think 3 nil after 20 minutes. On, I was quite shocked. I'd seen Solihull the previous week and I wasn't that impressed with them. Is it just one of those days at the office? Yeah, yeah no, I, you know, we, we were in Sunday. Um, Sunday morning, I got them all in. We had a discussion about it. And it was just a collective group of, um, as a team, we were poor. You know, no one can hold their hands up and say, you know, they, they played anything like they know they can. Um, and I was always hoping that that was just a blip. Um, so to show the character and the determination to come back and get that result was amazing uh, last night. But yes, Saturday was um, just a, a one-off, you know, when, when everything that could go wrong did. And obviously whatever, anything that could go right for Solihull also did. As a manager, do you sometimes see, think, oh, one of those days is going to come? You know, think, oh, maybe, you know, we've been, we've been getting results but not performing too well. Sometimes it might change. As a manager, do you sense that? But you didn't sense that head of the Solihull game? No, didn't, didn't sense that at all. We'd had, a, we'd had a good week. We'd obviously just missed out um, getting a result against Sol, um, Salford. We played really good stuff. You know, the performance was fine. Although we lost 2-0, we went down to 10 men. It wasn't, wasn't I believe, a 2-0 reflection on the game. Um, and then what happened on Saturday, I just didn't see coming. You know, that it was there was no inclination at all that we would have such a bad day. Um but I'm hoping, you know, and when it's happening, you can see it happening and the boys not knowing what to do. You know, the second half was a lot better. We all reorganised ourselves at half-time, but the game was over by then. And then you're hoping you get it all out in the open. There was some frank discussion on Sunday, uh, very to the point, but very honest. And then you hope that there's a reaction. And obviously last night, being in a situation, a little local derby, uh, to come away from home, get our first away win after such a defeat, you know, is a testament to the boys in showing their real, real true grit and determination. Did you see a, a, an emphasis of change after you went training on Monday as well from the meeting on Sunday? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they, honestly, Sunday was the best thing that we could have done. You know, as I say, it was everything out in the open. Don't hold it back. Let's get it out there. And another group, they they apologised for the performance because what what I've got to say is. Our supporters who travelled all the way up to Solihull to see that performance and that result still clapped us off the pitch. Well, that, sh- so, that shows the togetherness know, of the club, though, I think, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. It, it just, and that's a testament to the, the supporters of Bromley that they still clapped us off. They were booing. The supporters went and clapped, uh, the players went and clapped them for their support and knowing, you know, it wasn't good enough. So we were hoping that we could give them something to cheer about. And, you know, because they've been so good since I walked through the door, you know, and especially since I've been the manager, you know, I felt we let them down. And last night, I'm just hoping that we bridged that gap and, and brought them back in because without them, you know, we, we do lack a player if we haven't got them behind us, and which they could have easily have gone gone behind us and, and, and not supported us on Saturday, but they didn't. They, they stayed with the team. Fantastic. And how, how big was the three points? I know absolutely home form hasn't been good. I presume you, 
you said to the players, if you get get at them, they'll maybe be a little bit nervous. And that's a big three points yeah, for you, isn't it? It, it, was, it, was the, it was the easiest team talk I've ever had to do because we, we were so poor and we were so low in terms of our performance that we could only get better on Tuesday. And I genuinely believed that if we get at them and be the Bromley that we know we are, we'd get a result. Now, whether that was a win or a lose, we went there for the win. We didn't go there for a draw, you know. To go 2 nil up in the first half showed that we were committed to getting forward, albeit a penalty in a corner. But, you know, we, we, we went there to win. We wanted to put Bromley back in where they should be and, and with a performance. We've just got to hope now that we do exactly that again on Saturday. Exactly. So, all in all, you know, quarter of the season's gone. You know, are you happy where you are? A lot of the Kent sides are struggling a bit now, but at the moment you're riding highest to the high, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, no I'm, I'm never happy where we, where we are. You know, I wanted to be in and around that that middle section and get the 51 points and all. You know, all the all the old cliches. But uh, what we have have been, we've always been in the game. So we may have lost, but we've always been in there. It's been by the odd goal. So in terms of Saturday, I'm hoping that was just a freak uh, result and a freak performance because up until then we'd always been in there or thereabouts. You know and in trying to win a game and, and try and get us up the league. But um, it's not to be. And we've had a you know, run of bad luck as well, you know, with injuries, suspensions and stuff like that. But the boys are stuck together. So um, we're going to need that now right up until Christmas because we, we need to, you know, we are in the dogfight with, with the teams in the lower half of the division and we don't want to be there too long. You've brought in a couple of players though recently. Luke who's come on, on a good reports I heard of him about Haybridge. He's come on loan from... Uh... Lincoln, and also, is it Brindley you got in from Barnet as well? Yeah, Richard Brindley, um, he, you know, we're hoping to make, you know, get something sorted out to, uh, today or tomorrow uh, in terms of a permanent. Uh, Luke um come in the other, you know, Friday, couldn't start him because he'd, he'd not met the boys. He, you know, he started last night and, you know, a great acquisition. We'd known about him at Haybridge, but obviously, as soon as Lincoln had come in for him, we, we knew we weren't going to be able to compete with a League Two side. He's obviously got the pedigree. He's shown what he could do, and um, you know he's a great acquisition. And, and that's down to you know the board backing us and, and sticking by us and, and being able to bring in players when we've needed to. How long's Luke A there for? Is that just till January loan? Is it? We, we, we're, we're hoping for three months, yeah. But you know, also over the twenty-eight days, Lincoln uh, might be out of getting back. But we're hoping that he can stay with us right up until Christmas, and, and then we see where we where he wants to go after that. Uh, this weekend, Halifax are uh, back at home at uh, Hayes Lane. They started well, but I think, don't think they've won in six now. What do you expect from them? Another tough game. You know, obviously, Jamie Fullerton, the manager, you know, he's an ex-Palace boy, so he's, he's sort of coming back down south. As, as you said, they started off really, really well. Um, just gone off the boil a little bit, but I think that's, you know, that's happened to a few clubs, obviously, like the likes of Chesterfield. So we know what it's like because we've had that blip. So what you got, you know, you, you're not going in there with any preconceived ideas other than it's going to be a tough game and we're going to have to be at our very best to make sure we get a result back at home in front of our home supporters. And the key thing is you don't have to come in on a Sunday. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully a Sunday off. That, that'll be nice. But um, yeah, that, that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping to, you know, hopefully start a run and, and get their confidence buzzing again and get the boys fit um, and raring to go for, a, you know, a running up until Christmas. Training on a Sunday, eh, Matt? That's that's the way to punish your players for a poor performance, isn't it? I know, yeah. Some managers like doing that, and some people say, you know, the players 
so cheesed off the match on a Sunday. They don't really put the work in. But Neil Smith is one of those managers, I think one of those managers, that if he says you've got to come in and you're going to work hard, um, he would do it. And he got the rewards from that. I think they're quite a tight, young squad. I think we've come from a couple of veterans, uh, Bromley. That worked in their favour and that was a, a good result from them because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the National League hasn't been going too good for our sides. And also, you look at Ebsley, what's going on there? Well, especially at home. I mean, that that's going to be the the big concern for for Darren McMahon. And we were talking about this two or three weeks ago. Their home form is is awful. And but if they want to have a successful season, and let's face it, we all thought they would have a successful season. They'd build on last year when they got to the playoffs and did really well. They've got to pick up at home because right now things aren't looking great at all for Ebsley. Yeah, I don't know if they've got a few issues. You know, a couple of the veterans have been dropped the last few weeks, Jack King, etc., like that. You know, they started so well, you know, given the, given the September, I was thinking, oh, by the end of September, looking at their fixtures, they could be, you know, near the top of the table. Like, looking at it now, I, I can't see how they're going to actually win the league. And I thought that would be one of their aims with the budget and the expectations they've got from that football club, that that would be um, one of their aims. So they're aiming for the plus. But, you know, you look at it last season, they didn't start particularly well. They drew a lot of games. They might have more points at this stage last season. So he knows he can get it right, but is he under pressure for his job? It's, 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 as we mentioned before, you win your away games, it's a bonus. But the majority of people coming to watch your home games and you're not winning, there can be a few issues coming on from that point of view. It's, it's consistency, isn't it? That's the thing. And that's what Neil Smith said in there. They've already had a blip and it seems that most teams are likely to have a blip. And what is interesting as well is you look higher up the pyramid. Macclesfield were surprise winners, I would say, of the league last year. Um, obviously, they lost their manager over the, over the summer. They're now rock bottom of the, of the league. They got hammered 8-0, albeit at West Ham, but they lost 8-0 on Wednesday night. Um, and it is just about, were Macclesfield the best team in the league last year? I don't think they necessarily were, but they pe- they had the best run. They managed to keep get the results together, and that's how they ended up, up winning the league. And, and you kind of get the feeling that, that might happen this year because the teams who everyone was expecting to do really well aren't necessarily right at the very top. There's been teams who've made a better start and and, and maybe tailing off a little bit. You look at Halifax, for example. And then I suppose the, the exception to that is is the absolute steam train that's Leighton Orient. Yeah, Leighton Orient, Salford, probably the size top five budgets. Uh, at the top of the table, Justin Edinburgh knows his level. Um, it's just a little bit tough. You know, I, I, I respected Epsilon when they brought the players in, and I thought they'd be doing better than they were. 15 points in 13 games. It's a, a long way to go, but they're sort of eight points off the playoffs. But this is a, such a, t- a tough division, and I think at some stage, you might find it that the top 12 or so disappear from the rest of the league, and it's going to be a division of two halves uh, from these sides, and the bottom side will just be fighting out for try and avoid relegation. Yeah, disappointing for Ebsley. I don't know if they've got issues, but they've got Barnett, I think, on. Is it Barnett? No, Dagenham they got on Saturday, haven't they? So, um, that's, a, that's a big game. And defeat Dagenham, Dagenham, Dagenham will get a little bit closer to them and he'll be a little bit concerned, um, McMahon. but I'm sure Ebsley will be fine moving up the table, but they should be doing a little bit better. Do you think there's, there's pressure on them at home and being away at Dagenham may help them on Saturday? Yeah, I think, I think they've won three of their six games away from home, haven't they? Um, I saw that against Dover, and I thought, you know, they'd let Dover off a little bit when they should have carried on um, doing the better job. So, yeah, there's a little pressure, but I think especially to win any football match, if it's level, there's more pressure on them because people expect them to do 
to be one of the sides in the top four because the money they're paying for players and the budget and the expectation from the owners. Indeed. Um, elsewhere in the National League, then Maidstone United, Matt, we've got to talk about them. Um, six points this week, two one nil wins away from home. Harry Wheeler has come in. He's already started bringing players in and he's now put six on the transfer list as well. It seems to be working for him so far, but is it just that new manager bounce, do you think? Uh, it could be. He's got a lot of players on loan, hasn't he? Cassidy, uh, one from, from Ebbsfleet, um, Wabo. So, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not surprised that I saw some of the six players who were transferred the names of some of them. Um, he's coming new manager bounce, make them organised, two clean sheets. The penalty they got against Pantry looks a bit soft to me, but take those, maybe those bit of luck that they had earlier in the season, or what luck, lack of luck they were having early in the season. And now they're getting a little bit of luck. So, yeah, fair play to him. I think he, he'll be pleased with the start he's had. And, you know, the Maidstone fans, they needed a bit of a boost. And they've got that. And again, big game this weekend against Chesterfield. Because Chesterfield and Martin Allen, they're on a right slide. So, um, but again, if Chesterfield beat Maidstone, they go ahead of them. So, again, they just want to try, avoid defeat there and get a result in their, in their home game. Because, again, they haven't been too, too prolific at home either. I was kind of going to say, you said the Maidstone fans have... Um, have deserved a bit of a bit of a boost, but most of them won't have seen those those two games away from home. So it is almost starting again on on Saturday against Chesterfield and Chesterfield, who people expecting them to do a lot better than they have done. I think I think Martin Allen would have done as well. I'm surprised if anybody was going to get given the boot. I thought he might have done by now, but Chesterfield seemed to be a club that's um, probably rotten to the core. You know, you don't get relegated from League One to League Two. Then coming to the National League and currently buy a win after winning your first three games. So they've got issues off the pitch. Martin Allen, I still think he'd probably turn it around, but again, his method of turning things around is giving the players and bringing new players in every week. And I'm not necessarily thinking that's the way forward. You say about Chesterfield not being able to buy a win. That happened with York, and they're still founder in the National League North. So you know Chesterfield will need will need to buck up because, and that's a threat for everyone. We'll be talking about another team in that situation shortly. Um, but it's such a hard league to get out of the one below, isn't it? And and a club like Chesterfield, look at Stockport. You just can't afford to slip into that league. Yeah, there'll be a point that if Martin doesn't win any matches, it will be sacked. And Chester, we say it every year, all oh, that they'll be the biggest team in. Uh, Conference South or Conference North, but every season year, Chesterfield with a beautiful new ground, etc. Like that just not working for them. I think they have you know, ownership issues, but you know it's it's a sad state of affairs. But, but they they need to look at the likes of Lake Norian and the Trammies who've been down here and maybe not get you know thinking we're Billy Big Boys down here. You have to tight running graft to get out of this division, and maybe they're not doing too much of that. Some of the players. We'll move on then to the last team in the National League that we haven't talked about yet, and they, and they are still last in the in the whole table, aren't they as well, Matt? But, but no, don't... no, no, we're off the bottom. Oh yeah, off the bottom because Braintree lost to the weekend um, on Tuesday. Oh, so point. I'm so uh, pleased for you. Off the bottom of the table, which is so, and it's all about momentum now, John. We've got to build on that. Momentum from from one game, but but a two two draw um, down at. Um, at Sutton on, on Tuesday night, you, you were obviously there. Um, really good to show a bit a bit of fighting spirit that perhaps we're missing. Well, yeah, after 17 minutes when we're tuning down, and Nicky Bailey, who was best player on the pitch by an absolute mile, powers in a header from a corner, and he's about four foot six, thinking it's going to be a long night. But they were huffed and puffed and grafted, and the work rate was good. They got rewarded with a penalty just before half time, which I think was crucial that Brundle, who had a good game, put it in. And again, Mitch Walker made some good saves. 
Again, a bit like Saturday, that you know, David considered two appalling goals, and Christian is well aware of that. They need to iron out those defensive frailties. But I didn't think Aldershot were that good on Saturday. Um, but David didn't really look like they had a goal in them. But they had a bit of luck, got the penalty, which was a penalty. And then, you know, had a couple of chances, uh, so still with the cross. But then, big Tim Small, uh, guest on this programme, I think, a couple of weeks ago, headed the ball in the back of the net. It was a bit surreal because he scored. And another David player sort of celebrated. They just run back to the centre circle. So, yeah, but it's, I'm a bit more optimistic. But you've got to beat Barrow at the weekend because after that, you've got Salford and Harrogate, and they're tough games. So, got to beat Barrow and that will give me a little bit of a lift because that's what the club really needs at the moment but yeah I drove out of Gander Green Lane and um, I was a bit more optimistic John which we needed because I said it, I said to Chris Kinney at half time you know two nil, if you'd gone in two nil, if you'd lost that match in 2-0 down I didn't expect to see Chris Kinney again as manager so um, maybe that's a little bit of bounce that they would need Yeah it is interesting how one result can, can change so much and you know, I was surprised when I saw the score on Tuesday night that that Dove had got that point. Um, did you know they were losing? Did you? I didn't actually. All I saw, I, I wasn't keeping up with it too much. Um, phone goes away for most of my time when I'm abroad. Um, but I, I, I then just saw that he'd got a late equaliser and, and got a point, and um, I thought that's a a really pleasing result. And at least Matt will be a little bit more upbeat this week. And, and so far, he have been. So that's really good. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been a bit miserable the last few weeks and uh, disappointment of um, losing football matches. You know, um, I, I won't kick, if I had a cat, I wouldn't kick it because I like cats. But yeah, it's just one of those, one of those things. And, you know, if we win on Saturday, I'll be dancing down the uh, down down the uh, Crabble Hill. I, I, I might, well, if you can walk, that is. We'll, we'll yeah, talk okay. about that in a minute, yeah, but. Um... You know, um, yeah, as we've already mentioned those fixtures there, Bromley at home to Halifax on Saturday, Dagenham against Ebbsfleet, Dover against Barrow, Maidstone against Chesterfield, and we mentioned them earlier, um, Welling and Dartford, but Welling are away to Bath on Saturday, and Dartford at home to Western Supermare. Dartford, obviously, they left it late on, uh, as they have been leaving it late, they've had a couple of late draws, and they left it late on Saturday in the Cup, and um, they're at home to a team who are foot, bottom of the table with just two points to their name. They've got to be winning that one and winning that comfortably, haven't they? Yeah, you, you would have thought so. A little bit of um, uh, the bounce they've had from the result in the cup, I think. Uh, yeah, they need to, but they need to be because they need to. They don't want the playoff sides to sort of move around from them. But it seems to be good vibes coming out of the Dartford camp at the moment, and they seem to carry that on. Again, it's all about momentum, John. It is, and I mean that they must have been Saturday. So we all talked about the FA Cup, but on Saturday. 1-0 down at a team four leagues below them with nine yeah. minutes to go. I'd imagine there was a fair bit of panic there. But those those three late goals will have given them the lift and that momentum that they want. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Dartford are where they're going to be. We didn't think they would be uh, on the side of the top end of the table. Jamie Philpott, Tom Murphy. They've got good players at this level. A couple will be important for them. A tough one. they got at Oxford City in the next round. But just get your league form Keep that ticking over and keep that going. And maybe you can, you know, claw down those playoff sites it's a tough National League South this season so they want to, want to stay in touch they've got to win games that they should be winning at this, at this level at this time Yeah and one other thing I will say about Dartford fair play to the person in their media team who worked out when they got Oxford City in the in the cup next round that whatever happens their game on the 20th of October will be off because they're supposed to be playing each other in the league one of them's going to be in the cup so um, there you go. In the, finally, in the Southern Counties East League, it was a good week for Canterbury, Sheppey and Glee, 
but a bad one for Chatham Town, who are five points off the top, having played two more games after a pair of defeats. The Chats lost home to Crober on Saturday before losing 3-2 at Sheppey on Tuesday night in front of 254 fans. The Ites had also beaten Punjab 5-1 on Saturday, as they had to get things on track. Well, Canterbury are up to fourth after beating Tumbridge Wells 3-0 on Saturday and Lordswood 4-0 on Wednesday night. And things are starting to take shape a little bit there now, Matt. Yeah, have a look at the league table from that. We thought Chatham did work quite well at the start of the season. So, Beckenham, uh, seven wins out of seven. So, Chatham will be disappointed with that. Canterbury, um, maybe things happening off the pitch. Good at home. Were they playing at home bay now? They're on the Faversham. 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 So, um, you've been down at decent service. And Deal! That's a bit, uh, high street there. I hope Pete deal doing well as well. Yeah, so it may be a little bit the sides of anything. Sides we thought maybe a little bit more be Sheppy, but they need to sort their way form out. But I think the sides that we expected to be near the top of the table are at the top of the table. And Tumbridge Wells are now off the bottom of the table as well, which will be pleasing for them. Yeah, Glebe also collected six points by beating Hollands and Blair and AFC Croydon. Um, elsewhere on Tuesday, Cray Valley won at Corinthian on Saturday. Corinthian had beaten AFC Croydon. Beerstead won at Croydon. Deal! Beat K-Sports thanks to a last-minute goal from Harris Rogers. And Lawson won 1-0 at Fisher. Uh, this weekend, Canterbury travelled to AFC Croydon. Deal are also in South London as they play Croydon. It's Glebe against Sheffield United. Hollands and Blair against leaders Beckenham. K-Sports take on Tunbridge Wells. It's Lordswood against Beerstead. Punjab against Fisher. And Russell against Chatham. A few midweek games there as well. Beerstead against Tunbridge Wells. And Punjab against Lordswood on Tuesday. And then Beckenham against Irith and Rustall against Corinthian on Wednesday. So, some interesting games there. And there are a couple of teams that are in form and a couple of teams that aren't in form. And looking at it right now, you'd say you'd be back in Canterbury City, certainly, to get another three points. Yeah, Croydon bottom of the table. I turned it around. Timmy Dixon's still there, isn't he? Good old Timmy Dixon. So, yeah, I think Canterbury will be pleased about that. Um, Beckenham, Hollands and Blair yeah, keep up their 100% record. But big weekend, I think, for Chatham as well. They need to get some... Uh, get back on the horse, so to speak, because they, their fans expect promotion. And at the moment, we still think it's two up or is it one up now? I think know? it's just, just the one up this year because um, obviously with the with the new structure and we haven't even oh, yeah. begun to talk about the, what's going to happen in the league above. But no, I think it's just back to one up this year. So it is a, 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 a tough one, isn't it? Because there is only going to be one team going up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chatham will be trying to claw that back. But it's at least it's taking making a little bit of shape. It takes a long while. And once eventually the soon We'll see a lot of the sides playing the same amount of games because I see Craig Valley is still catching up on their games. But it's always an interesting league, so you never know this league. As you say, we, I thought Chatham were going to be the side to beat, but a couple of defeats pushed them down, but I'm sure they can turn it around. It was a great week for Beckham this week, who didn't even play, but they're still top of the table with a 100% record. And last year they tailed off a little bit towards the end, but maybe this year they'll hope they'll have the, they'll have the staying power to really make a go of it. Yeah, I think it will be. Maybe, you know, the other two sides promoted uh, last season, seven acts, and uh, we still had a bit too much for them and wear them down in the end. But maybe they know that they could be the side this season. They're in, they're in front. They're the side to catch. Excellent. Well, that is pretty much it for your, for your Kent Non-League podcast this week. Um, on Saturday, Matt will be making his park run debut. How, how's the training going? And, and if you're going to be jigging down the hill on Saturday, I don't need to leave anything in the tank when you're finished on... Uh, uh, finish the park run at Pegwell Bay? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe a bit jigging down might not be. No, the training's gone all right. I'm pretty confident I can finish the focus. I've quite enjoyed the, um, the running, putting the headphones on and going from that. I don't know if I'll be able to carry it on because I'm a bit of a wuss, really, because the, the late nights or the early the early nights drawing in a little bit is getting time to do it. But I've quite enjoyed it and um, 
Hopefully I'm not going to make an idiot of myself anyway. That's the most important thing. And pulling, well, oh, for goodness sake, I don't pull up after two minutes with a twisted ankle or something. Well, exactly. You'll, you'll be able to hear how Matt got on in his part run in our BBC Radio Kent show on Monday night, where we're also going to be talking about foot golf. And uh, we're going to be joined by the chief executive of the Kent FA, um, which should be make for an interesting conversation as well. That's on BBC Radio Kent 104.2 and 96.7 FM online. Da, you always do that bit, Matt. Online Da, yeah, exactly. Preview yeah. Channel Seven One Nine. Um, so yeah, yeah. If you've got any questions for the um, Kent FA, because I know you know we follow Kent football across the board, but I think there's been a, a lack of people taking up the game playing these days. Got a big job really to get Kent FA going, I think as well. But it's it's a it's a good organisation. It's just trying to get more people involved in the great game of football. Exactly, yeah. So nine till ten Monday night, um, tune in, and, and we'd love to have as many calls in uh, from people as we can. But that is it for your Kent on League podcast this week. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, don't forget to um, get follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. And on Facebook, we're Kent Non-League. If you feel like giving us a review, that would be really good. You could even review us on iTunes as well. We'd, we'd like that. Um, just so people know um, that we're here. It'd be fantastic. And yeah, thanks to all the people who gave up their time to chat to us. Thanks to Matt for sorting out those three interviews as well. And we'll be back with you next week. And I promise you we'll be back on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Do you want my Ronnie Keenan impression? <laughs>